This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spilling Eve, Episode 8, the finale of Season 1. This moment has been coming for a long time, and I am so excited to introduce our guest. Today's guest is the wonderful Raki Marzaria, who is an incredible actor and writer and comedian. She's the star and creator of Raki Marzaria's Note to Self on CBC Comedy. Welcome, Racky. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. I was really uh, nervous trying to figure out who the last guest should be. Yeah. Because this episode, as all the fans, I think, agree, is like such an important pinnacle this whole season has led up to. Totally. And uh, yeah, I think And you're... it's the start of a new <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like Era. <laughs> the, sh- the show is now completely shifted at the end of this episode. And what does season two have in store? So I'm so happy you're here because uh, I know you are passionate about this show i love this show so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience in case they don't know who you are yet well i'm basically what you said (laughs) um and yeah i'm an actress a writer um they do comedy and a huge fan of sandra O and of this show (laughs) so how did you come to watch killing eve oh yeah okay so this is funny because i did the reason i heard about this show is because i was in a meisner class and i was repeating or whatever and for whatever reason, Meisner is, in case any yeah. of you don't know, it's a very uh, popular acting technique. The theater school I went to was like very, very Meisner focused. It's great. I think it's kind of like therapy. Highly recommend. <laughs> I don't think it's like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so you basically you repeat with a partner and uh, you can say something as simple as like your shirt is spotted and then we just repeat that back and forth. Um and anyways, the way that uh, the day was going or the way that I was feeling and what I was putting on my partner and what she was throwing back to me, she was um, upset and I found it amusing. I don't know why, but there was something about going on between us that I just found sort of amusing. And so I was laughing at her as she was, you know, very upset, almost begging me and crying in a way. And <laughs> and I also sort of just like got into my own thing. And so when we had the breakdown after when the the teacher was guiding us through and talking about what, what we did and what happened and, and sort of breaking it down, he he mentioned to me, he was like, yeah, there were moments in that that reminded me um, 
I mean, he said that I sort of screwed up, but he also said, it wasn't like, he was like, you're amazing. But he was like, <laughs> he was like, I saw what you did. But also like a cool thing that you did was like in this show, Killing Eve, the, you know, there's this, this um, assassin character and Villanelle and you, what you were doing is kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, there's this opening scene where she's in the um, ice cream place, in the ice cream store. And she sees um, this little uh, girl eating ice cream and she sees how someone else smiles at the child. And so she goes and makes that smile and and you just sort of see this process. And he was talking about it. I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. I'm so curious about that. And I guess I just also am really right now into like uh, women kicking butt. Like I mm-hmm. just something I'm craving. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll check that out. So I watched the opening scene. I was like, oh, this sounds, looks pretty interesting. Like, what is this? And and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then I was like, I got to watch the rest of this show because I just watched a piece of it. And then I went back and watched the show and I was like, holy, can I swear? Oh, please. Holy shit. I was like, frick. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're still censoring yourself. I was like, I gotta watch this. This is amazing. I can't want... I was totally, totally hooked. Were you already a Sandra Oh fan? Like, did you watch Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I mean, I didn't love her character on it, but she's incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's insanely talented. I mean, I did love her character, but I didn't... I wasn't... She was my favorite character, you know, when you watch a show. And it's such a, like, an ensemble show. Of course. And she's not the lead. No, of yeah. course. But I'm such a huge fan of hers. Um, and of her story, to be honest. Like, I mean, just being a person who sees someone who's Asian on television. It's oh more like, God. I'm just like, yeah, let's follow this. Let's yeah. see how they like did a that. a female person of color from Canada. Yeah. Who's just so undeniably Yeah, who good. went to, like, National Theater School. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> let me do that. It's a real win for <laughs> yeah. our country. Totally. Uh, well, that's amazing. Let's get into this episode. Because cool. we're going to have a lot to chat about. Yeah. So, episode eight, the finale, mm-hmm. uh, entitled God, I'm Tired, Ugh. which, what a title. Right? Written by the flawless Phoebe Waller-Bridge and directed by Damon Thomas. So, this episode is mind-blowing. And the first time I watched it, I was so blown away. And then re-watching it this time again, I was just like, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And then it's so dramatic. Yeah. And we were just saying before we started recording with producer Chris, it's it's such a, a unique blending of those two genres that this whole show does. Yeah. But in this episode in particular, I find it's just seamless how you're like cracking up and then someone gets shot in the face. Well, that's what I love about the entire show is that it, it it's it's dark and it doesn't have to be so dramatic because it's just this is okay when I first that's going back to the first episode when I saw it it was just like oh this is so relatable in a way like you just you were like oh these are real people it's I feel like when I watch shows um that are more dramatic or and actiony actiony and stuff I'm just like okay cool like I'm watching this story I'm I'm following this and I I relate but in this show they are so the actors seem like that they are so embodying themselves like there's a piece of them that they are just that's them i believe that the villanelle uh character jody um is actually quite mischievous and i mean i watched i watched a bunch of she's english i watched a bunch of her interviews after and sandra oh like i just feel like these um characters speak to also these actresses real voices yeah and it's intriguing in that sense oh absolutely and the personality traits are so real and Mm -hmm. relatable i watching the show 
again and again, I'm just struck by like, it's almost like it blows my mind that a writer and creators and producers and everyone who came together to make this show would think to do this. I watching it, I kind of was like, oh, I would have thought I need like permission to make a show like this, which of course you don't. No. But I've never seen something like it. So the for, this episode opens with uh, Constantine's daughter, mm-hmm. Irina, who has been kidnapped by Villanelle. And they're walking down this like dusty road, just shouting at each other, bickering, 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 acting like children. Mm-hmm. It seems like siblings having a fight almost. Totally. Which is so funny. And uh, the kid's like, uh, I'm going to kill you. And Villanelle's like, no, I'm going to kill you. Like, they're just kind of on the exact same level. And she has such a good line right off the bat where she, Arena says, my dad is going to kill you in the face. Yeah. And it just it feels like a classic kid insult. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're just going back and forth. And uh, finally, Arena is like, food. I'm hungry. I need food. And yeah. it's like, oh, Villanelle gets that. If there's anything she relates to, it's food. And she's like, oh, OK, we I, can fix this. I love the choice of making the 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 child, the, the the girl, the kid, so to speak, like as um, ha- with so much bravado, like uh, not even concerned about Villanelle at all. Not scared in the slightest, just sort of like annoyed and put out. Yeah. Which is so funny and so much funnier than pairing Villanelle with like a terrified, cowering child. Of course. Because it leaves the room open for comedy again. We're not just yeah. worried. And there's so many times in the, I mean, we're going to go through, but there's so many times that you notice her willing someone to kill her. Mm-hmm. Just like being like, do it. If you're going to do it, do it. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. There's something that's so funny about having the them together and how they're both sort of acting like kids and speaking to each other like children. Yeah. And with this sort of like natural rapport, like they're old friends or mm-hmm. like cousins or something. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. So then we cut uh, back to Russia and even Kenny are bickering. It's a really nice parallel. They're bickering about whether or not to confront Carolyn mm-hmm. about the Constantine stuff and her going to see Villanelle and all the stuff that was just discovered in the last episode. And they go up to Carolyn's room and it's totally trashed and Constantine is there and they both seem to sort of panic for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Carolyn comes out of the bathroom and it's just this very weird, awkward moment with all four of them. Well, Caroline's a freak, right? Like, she's just, like, <laughs> fucking everybody, right? What is going on? I, uh, Caroline is like, oh, I would just wish I could just peek into her life a little bit. But, I mean, everyone does. That's the whole point. That's- I am so curious what we're going to learn in the second season mm-hmm. or how much they'll keep kind of close to the vest and secretive. Because, uh, similarly, I'm like, okay, I need to know. Which side are you on? Who are you really working for? Do you who do you even care about? Oh my god! And and Eve's relationship with Caroline is hilarious. Like, what happened to your room? And do you remember like there was a couple episodes back where she's just like, "Where are you? You just got back now." Like she's always like she talks to her almost like she's a child sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like she talks to Caroline as if they are not like there is not an order of hierarchy between like their relationship and their totally. <laughs> their job st- structure. And she just speaks to her like. <laughs> What happened to your room? Like, so brazen. And they, and they don't really 
get each other. It's like they're not quite on the same level, even though they have so much in common and there's obviously some form of mutual respect. It's like they just sort of miss each other. Mm-hmm. Even even when we've seen it before, when Eve kind of tries to joke and Carolyn will just like look at her blankly or yeah. shut it down, yeah. which is so funny. And yeah. so uh, it's just like a tiny amount of conflict yeah, that makes totally. us a little uncomfortable. So then we're back with uh, Constantine's daughter, Irina, and Villanelle. And she's asking Villanelle if she's a bad person. Mm-hmm. And Villanelle's like, yes. And she's asking her all these questions. She's like, yes, yes. She asks if she's a pedophile. And Villanelle looks so, like, offended. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, obviously not. Mm-hmm. And the kid looks a little relieved. And she's like, okay, good. She asks if her dad's a bad person. And they just have this whole conversation about the concept of bad versus good. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard to be bad. And Villanelle mm-hmm. asks the kid how she identifies good or bad. And the kid's kind of like, I don't know yet. Which. Yeah. What an answer from a kid. Yeah. Whew. That's a lot. So we go back to Russia. Mm-hmm. The four of them are having a very tense breakfast. And uh, Constantine has told Kenny and Eve that uh, Villanelle has his wife and daughter. And that's what's going on. And so he needs them back. Yeah. Are you attracted to Constantine? Not personally myself. I find them something so oddly attractive about him. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so funny. I don't want to jump ahead, but like in the scene, you know, like where where she's talking to the neighbor mm-hmm. and she, she, the neighbor, the French neighbor is kind of like, yeah, he's kind of handsome. Like, I love how everyone refers to him as like slightly handsome, <laughs> like kind of because it's true. You look at him and you're like, there's something endearing about him. He's right? very charismatic. And it's funny, someone just sent in a, I don't think it's going to be on today's Eve mail, but about that actor, Kim Bodina, and his laugh, because in his other show, he laughs so much. And in this show, they use his laughter, and we'll get to that yeah. too, so effectively. And when he's laughing, there's something just so engaging and compelling mm-hmm. and like interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I totally get like him and Carolyn as young spies hooking up. Like, yes, I find that very, very easy to believe. Um, and the nice moment in that scene is actually when uh, he goes, uh, is your daughter something my she's so annoying and mm-hmm. you see him crack and you see him like really. And it's it's interesting because I also can't read Constantine. Like, I mean, they do that on purpose, obviously, but I like, you know, that's the first moment where you're just like, ah, you know, he he plays that line of. Is, yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, he does have feelings and he does seem to genuinely be worried about his family. Yeah. We still don't really know who he's working for on what side of good or evil he is. Mm-hmm. But you're right. We see a little like spark of humanity there mm-hmm. where usually he's so guarded. Mm-hmm. So they, they all kind of bicker. It's very awkward. No one's really trusting anyone at this breakfast. Carolyn sort of like... Uh, puts Kenny in his place a bit because Kenny's been feeling emboldened to talk back to his mother and Mm. his mom's not cool with that. And Eve suggests they go see Anna Mm because that's where she thinks Villanelle will go. Mm. And it's news to both Constantine and Carolyn that she even has seen Anna or met her. And Villanelle does go to see Anna. That Mm -hmm. is exactly right. Eve is so kind of keyed into Villanelle and her mindset right now that she's totally right. Mm -hmm. She, Villanelle and Arena go and sort of trick Anna by Arena pretending she's like a lost kid. Which I'm just like, really? That's the only part of the show I'm like, 
okay. Like, didn't Eve warn you and say if anything weird happens or blah, blah, blah? I'm like, but she, you mean, she does go to, you know, Eve does call her right at that moment. Mm -hmm. So whatever. But it's just that like perfect near miss. I'm just like, you're going into an apartment building and knocking on this one door. You're not kind of weirded out, Anna. Come on, Anna. Yeah. But Anna's sweet. I I mean, I. That's the only, I mean, I would never pick this show ever apart. But that one part, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because I was just like, I don't understand. It's interesting that Villanelle chose to do that because it's not like she had to. She literally could have just gone and like broken the door down and shot her. But she kind of wanted to do this like cat and mouse trick I don't think- her. I don't know. I wonder that Villanelle actually wanted to speak to Anna. I think Villanelle mm. actually just wanted to. I mean, that's why I think she did. She get just wanted to get, get her stuff and get at it. I don't think that she was expecting for Anna and her to meet. I think she knew it might happen, but. Interesting. I don't think that she wanted to. And that's why, you know, when what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can we can get right yeah. into it. When what happens when she, you know, then they're up against each other again and she says, you don't have the guts to kill me and she's about to kill her. Maybe like Anna sees in her eyes, oh, she really could kill me or she doesn't want, you know, Anna's love yeah. was killed by her. And so she knows what she's capable of and maybe doesn't want to succumb to the same sort of loss of power almost interesting and thus kills herself yeah because villanelle she holds anna at gunpoint and anna is saying and doing all these things that are clearly getting to her and we see i mean it's hard to know because this character can manipulate and fake emotion very easily but her eyes are watering and she seems very very uh, affected by just being in Anna's presence and having to talk to her. And then uh, the tables kind of turn and Anna insists that Villanelle let her take care of the like wounds on her face and stuff. Anna has a gun now and she's holding up Villanelle and she's like, I'll kill you. And Villanelle right away calls the bluff. It's like, there's no way she, she says as an aside to arena, she's like, this is a great lesson, an example of someone who like is pretending. It was, it was a ballsy thing to say. Yeah, she is, like you said, taunting her to shoot because she is just so confident it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's such a moment. And she, and it's also the moment that we found out that they did have sex. Yes, yes, because up until this point, we sort d- of up in the air. We just know that Anna has like categorically denied that anything untoward happened, but it seems weird uh, and. Eve clearly didn't really buy that. Yeah. And Villanelle says she like gestures to a piece of furniture and she's like, that's where we had the best sex ever. And they kind of go back and forth. And then Arena is like, why do you guys I think should, I should I leave down? Yeah, she said she's so funny. And it's just little like punches of levity throughout this whole scene. Yeah. Doesn't undercut the tension at all. It's just like, remember, the show's funny. And she says something that's like, uh, did you two used to date or something? Something just so weird and childish. Yeah. Because that's her only way of framing like yeah. sex and romance. And in unison at the same time, Anna and Villanelle both say, she seduced me. Yeah. And it's such a moment that reminded me like, yeah, Villanelle is clearly a psychopath and she's such a manipulator. But also this was a much older woman in a position of power mm-hmm. who had a sexual affair with a teen student. Like, yeah, 
yeah, that is messed up. And then Villanelle kind of takes the blame in the conversation. She's like, yeah, I guess it was more me, whatever, whatever. But it is so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then she just shoots Anna. Yeah. Uh, She says something about like not wanting to shoot Anna, be shot in front of the kid. And Arena's like, I don't mind. And that's why it's unexpected because you're just like, you don't think that she's, you're like, is she really going to shoot Anna? And then in the end, Anna just kills herself. Anna's death in the moment doesn't even seem to phase Villanelle. Mm-hmm. Whether or not she's just bottling that up, she's she was just tearing up, like, eyes brimming with tears moments earlier. And then she seems so cold and so callous, being like, okay, let's find some money and get out of here. Well, she didn't go in there. Yeah, she just went in there to get what she needed to get, yeah. right? Because she she does kill herself, it's sort of like... She's like, well, I guess I didn't do that. You know, I think that it might be different had she had to shoot her. There might have been some more remorse there. Who knows? But like she did. She was like, that's not about me. I'm not taking blame for that. Maybe. I don't know. I wonder. Interesting. Well, she's over her too, right? Yeah. Clearly on some level. Yeah. She's moved on. (laughs) Well, she is and she isn't. I mean, you can tell when they're looking at each other and she has her at gunpoint and she's welling up and being like, can I? you know fix your face yeah Yeah, there's history obviously yeah okay i can't believe i missed that um both times too so uh constantine and villanelle nope constantine and eve are driving together to get to anna's Mm -hmm. uh and carolyn seemed a little apprehensive about the two of them driving off together but they're like nope nope this is good and so they're driving and they're both kind of nervous constantine is drinking while he's driving (laughs) eve's like do you want me to drive and he says absolutely not and it's such a moment where uh it's really uncomfortable we don't know who's safe and who's not they're just trying to read each other like i find it so I love that. Like, I love them because they're just trying to sort of figure each other out. He wants to know what she knows. She wants to know what what's up with him. Yeah. And neither of them want to give up any of their they, own information. It's such a struggle of power. It's so funny. The laughing thing is just so funny. Yeah. Eve asks him, why does she want to kill you? Like, why does Villanelle want to kill you? Why is she doing this? And he laughs this, like, gorgeous, uproarious laughter and says, haha, like, if I told you, I would have to kill you. And they both laugh. And he's like, no, seriously, and I would guys, actually have to kill you. I love how she's just like, okay. And she. She just keeps going, ah, yeah, okay, ah, it's so, <laughs> okay. it is like, I love cringy it, cringy and funny at the same yeah. time. Uh, and it's so, it's so tense, totally in that car. So she, uh, he, he Constantine gets out to pee. And well, let's not miss out on the thing where she's flicking the, oh, yeah, because that's exactly what, um, Villanelle does in previous episodes. Totally, right? she's like, uh, like. Fucking with the Two console, in a pod. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he yells at her to stop, and mm-hmm. they're again tense, tense, tense. And he gets out to pee, and she finds a gun and goes out and holds him up at gunpoint while he's peeing, mm-hmm. basically, and starts demanding answers from him. What's really going on? How do you guys know each other? Like she wants everything, and she finally feels like she's in a position of power, and. 
again, this is sort of uh, some levity is put into it with the fact that he is mid P and he's like, well, I got to like put it away or put this away there. The way they're talking about it is so funny and so like proper. I love I bet I bet shooting this everyone was like the crew was just like cracking up when oh, she does yeah. that thing where she just like looks up while he's like she's like she's like yeah do it and she's just sort of like looking to the side like waiting but like sort of trying to check that he yeah. has done it i just think that that must have been the funniest thing to watch oh yeah because she's like don't turn around filmed. i don't want to see oh uh, uh she's un- they're both uncomfortable yeah and i think and the moment where she's like i'll shoot you in the foot is because we both <laughs> They both know that she's, she's not, not going to kill him. She's not going to do that. She knows he's a lead. And, and so, like, to, he he knows that he's important to her in some aspect. And that also she doesn't have the balls to actually shoot him. It's also just so funny. It could not feel less threatening for her to be like, I'll shoot your leg, I guess. It's like, well, I feel like she would shoot the leg. But it's, it's like, you know, it's her way of being like, I'll shoot you. I won't kill you, but like I'll I'll hurt you. And yeah. I love it. I think it's so funny. Oh, it's and her delivery of that is just flawless. Totally. And as they're in this this intense moment, Villanelle calls and she calls on Anna's phone mm-hmm. uh, because that's her only way of contacting Eve and tells Eve to meet her at a cafe. She has Arena. She wants Constantine. Mm-hmm. So they they head off towards the cafe. We cut to the cafe where Villanelle and Arena are already there. And Villanelle is making fun of this child's passport and mm-hmm. passport photo. Yeah. And it, it feels like, just like the opening, it feels like siblings teasing each other or something. Totally. She's literally making fun of how she looks in the photo. And Arena's feelings are hurt by it. And she's like, I was younger then. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And it's so cute. And it's so funny. And it's such a nice, like, breath of laughter right before we get into a lot of intense dramatic shit. Totally. And I think that, um, but that's the thing with that character, right? She can be so sweet and kind and so interesting and endearing to someone and then go and kill them. Yeah. So like, you know, when this is happening, I'm just laughing and I'm like, ah, I hope she doesn't kill her. Me too. The whole time watching this episode, the first time I was like, oh, don't kill because the kid, you, don't kill the kid, don't kill Because you know she would. If oh, yeah. She, you know, she fully would if she had to. It's almost as if Villanelle's kills are like uh, compartmentalized for her in a way that she doesn't even see those as like being people Mm -hmm. she's like it's my hit and my target or someone in my way i have to take care of Mm -hmm. and then when she really connects with people like when she went on that date with the guy in paris it's like yeah she's like on some level connecting with them and having human interactions Mm -hmm. but i don't know the stakes just seem so different yeah so also i just need to comment on her outfit choice because that's something that they the guy brought for her right so So this is not actually her outfit it's something that in the previous episode the other uh, the the other handler guy who she killed yeah is like oh i thought you you i heard you wear something trendy yeah trendy he says that you were trendy which condescendingly too and the word trendy just kills me because you look at her what she's wearing and i'm just like she's wearing the same colored jacket and shirt but there's and it's kind of like metallic-y and i just there's something and then the the fur jacket someone sent in an email question about it and i have a little just snippet from the costume designer talking about that jacket because i love i love what she's wearing because we'll get oh yeah and as her face 
face has been bruised and bloodied. And as she looks kind of like more and more tattered, tattered and like graying, browning it's almost. Be- it's beginning to like, um, to like the, like the fake fur is supposed to mat. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just so, it's such a beautiful visual representation mm-hmm. of like. Things aren't going her way. Mm-hmm. She's not in control like she has been And before. she does look kind of childish. Oh, yeah. With the bun on her head. Like, yeah. it's just like... It's a very, like, middle looks, school look. Totally. She looks like she just... She went to shopped at Garage, <laughs> and she just got out of her, like, ballet class, and she's just running around. Like, totally. she looks Her mom hasn't younger. had time to wash yeah. the jacket in a while. So, Villanelle is already there. Constantine and Eve show up and almost immediately we're in a standoff. Yeah, which which to me is, you know, this the whole mentioning like what she looks like and all this stuff. It comes it becomes interesting because she says, Who do you love more, me or her? Mm-hmm. It like right goes into lover, lover, slash uh father, daughter, like this this thing of like we haven't even had sex yet, but it's been romantic. Uh, who do you love more? And her relationship to Constantine yeah. is just this, um, pr- as a protector almost, but also, well, yeah. he has broken her trust. And I think for her, even though maybe she didn't fully trust him and she would have killed him or whatever, f- for her to realize that's how he feels about her, for her to feel like it's okay for her to be disingenuous, but for someone else to act that way towards her, she seems to just find, like, this betrayal. She It seems like she feels so betrayed by him. Totally. And, yeah, all of that back and forth they have, and he says, don't, don't break my heart, and she says, don't break mine, and it feels like the truest thing that's been said in this whole show. Like, it's just, but, like... What are they really talking about? So yeah, that's a part that I would I almost need to watch over again that w- those exchanges because it's so he's like I'm married. He's like we haven't even had sex yet. Yeah, I'm married. He's but like I'm just, not interested in yeah, doing but that it's with rom- you. It's romantic and it's like yeah, like what is his re- like it's just so there's so much trust what you intimacy said, too. Trust and intimacy there and um yeah. And he's kind of screwed her over. Yeah. And, yeah. And it and it's funny because it's like it's not like she decided of her own volition I'm gonna go kill him although that's something she might have done she was given this target as it seems from the twelve like they told her to go kill him so she on some level is just doing her job is just trying to carry out the next hit she's been given and do you believe that though I don't know. Because that's one thing, rewatching it, and to be completely honest, I hadn't watched, um, I hadn't like caught up on all, I watched them, uh, you know, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I remember thinking when I was rewatching this, like, it was her hit to kill him. But he also kind of made it in a way so that she, it was harder for her to do her job. Like, he betrayed her, and now she's unable to do her job the way that she could and wanted to because he reprimanded her totally yeah and there was already some like love lost there yeah so it's this really intense standoff everyone's uncomfortable uh and wait and he sorry to pause no she wants her passport and the money yes she that is what she's demanding give me my stuff so and that's what i think it is is i think that she thinks if she kills constantine i don't know like this is just me thinking like what i thought was going on if she kills constantine she gets she got the hit she also has her money and passport and she can go 
like fuck off and do something else and maybe not have to do this for a while or until it sort of resolves itself. Totally. Because she doesn't have an active handler because she will have killed both of them. Yeah. And maybe the 12 will kind of like let her be for Who a bit. knows? Who knows if that's what she really wants because she does say she just wants a cool job. Yeah. So bef- right before they get there, uh, Eve and Constantine in the car say, we just have to give her what she really wants. And they're both, they both think that they are what she really wants. I know. And it's this moment, it's so telling for Eve to just be like, yeah, you feel like she wants you. And that is the motivation Mm -hmm. that overrides everything else. Uh, So when they're there, there's also a weird moment where Villanelle is staring at both of them and talking to both of them separately, but also kind of together. She she keeps referring to them and being like, don't you do this or you do this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really so rewarding as an audience to see the three of them in a room together. Yeah. And to know, oh, the dynamics between all three of these people in this triangle are so different mm-hmm. and so passionate and intense. Mm-hmm. So they, they're in this standoff and she shoots Constantine, right? Yeah. So she shoots Constantine, and uh, then it's her and Eve pointing Mm -hmm. guns at each other. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful sort of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. of the end of the episode. And they're just standing there kind of in this... Yeah. In this moment. What do you want? What do you want? It's always like, what do you want? Yeah. Which is so funny as a writer, because what your character's wants are, are like a huge part of the writing process. Yeah. So for it to be so transparent and on the page, for them to be verbalizing that is really powerful. Well, they both want something from each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's that text subtext. They're not saying what they really, really want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So Villanelle shoots Constantine and then just like runs away, basically. Totally. And then they're in the airport. (laughs) Yes. So then we're back to the old MI6 team. Yeah. In the airport, we get, again, a little, a little lightness. Uh, Carolyn. The Cheetos. Carolyn offers Cheetos to Cheese Puffs to Kenny and he asks like what flavor they are. Are they the regular flavor? There's only one flavor. And he's like, oh, then no. (laughs) Which is also so funny. Uh, Like he was thinking they'd be some new special flavor and then he'd give it a try. He was like like, offering some curiosity and then realizes, no, I don't actually want it. Yeah. And she brought them from home. They're in a Ziploc bag. bag. Like it's when, so mother, it's so mother son, right? Oh yeah, she's like, well, you know, I always bring my own snacks. Yeah, and, and she, they've been in Russia for days. She's just had this Ziploc of cheese, cheese puffs, like I know, in her bags, uh, and then she fires them. Yeah, she terminates the mission, and she says, "You guys pack up the London office." I'm sure you both understand. Bye. And it's funny because, like, you know, once Constantine is dead, to me, I, you know, as a viewer, I'm just like, well, I guess. I guess, I mean, to Eve, she's like, okay, that's just one more hit. We're going to keep following her. But to me, I'm just like, oh, where does this story go now? Like, this is, this was the lead. She's like, well, that's the biggest, like, you know. And and that was also like a very funny moment where she goes, well, that there goes that lead. Mm-hmm. Right? At, where you can see Caroline being like, you know, somewhat 
affected by it. Of course. In the tiniest, minute way that her face shows expression. Because we know his death is so massively significant. But mm-hmm. you're right. To Eve, it's she less goes, significant. She just goes, there goes that lead. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I guess that's true. You know, Eve wants to keep going, even though to us, we're like, well, we know this is the finale. So we think that this is over. Totally. And then Wrapping Act 3 comes and you're just like, damn. Oh, it because you could have ended this season basically in the airport. Well, that's what I thought. I thought that was the close of it. You could have brought Eve back home. She has a moment with Nico. You could have had Carolyn and Kenny or Elena back at the office. It's uh, It's a very Mission Impossible move. I don't know if you've watched any of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> I movie. have no braggies. You think that they come to an end and then a bunch more stuff happens and then another act happens and then another. In this case, it was a, a beautiful. Not yes, that I... Not gratuitous, yeah. I would say. Although Sometimes in action movies, that is my... I'm just like, I don't care. I don't need five false endings. Just wrap it up. Yeah, but it was really funny when Paris comes up because I did just watch Mission Impossible like the latest one and all of a sudden they're like in Karachi. Like it just keeps moving from place to place and I'm just like, cool you're like great i actually never want this show to end so i'm totally fine if we keep just following her yes so they're in the airport and eve they've just been fired eve or right before around there eve gets a phone call Mm -hmm. and it's elena back home saying she has a lead in paris totally and this uh, apartment building an apartment's been paid for by Mm -hmm. the same people who paid off frank and uh she gives her the information basically carolyn asks who it was she lies and says it was nico mm-hmm. and so and then london <laughs> yeah so london she, whatever <laughs> however she says london with a v it's, it's too good it's fascinating yeah uh and she decides i'm not going to london i'm going to paris i'm following this lead on my own with no backup now that this is no longer a sanctioned mission which is such an eve move like mm-hmm. Buddy, that's so dumb and so unsafe, but she can't help herself. She can't help herself. She's come so close and everything of hers is gone. She has nothing. She doesn't have Nico calling her leaving messages. Yeah. You know, she has uh, the, the, sorry, what's the, um, what's the character's name calling her? The, um, her assistant. Elena. Elena calling her, you know, leaving messages. Yeah. Not Nico. This is her whole life now. This is now what her truth is. (laughs) <laughs> totally. So she's in Paris. We get the beautiful Paris font one last time in this season, the city font. She's kind of exploring around a bit. She gets to the building. The old lady's there peeking her head out. And Eve says she's looking for this person and holds up a photo of Villanelle. And the lady very guarded, but like not secretively is like, oh, are you with the... And before she can even say anything, Eve's just like, yes, yes, I am. And she's like, oh, and says a few things. And then she's like, do you want to see my reports? And Eve's like, uh-huh. Yep. Nope. Definitely want to see those. I just find this so this part of her so funny. I mean, you see it a little bit earlier when they were there trying to break into Caroline's room. And they he's like, you can pick a lock, right? And he's like, no, I can't. And she just goes up to the desk. You, give me the, give me the lock. I lost my thing. Yeah. It's just like this similar thing of being like... You know, she's holding up the gun to Constantine. You tell me what everything. You know, it's just yeah. like her playing. She's not this person, and she's like, I'm gonna play the part of this person yeah. now. She has no training to be a spy, of course. But she, it's just inherent in her that she's like, I, I have to get a result. I'm gonna do whatever I can think of in this moment. And it's just funny because, like, it's again, it's like a really nice parallel. You, 
in a very like slight way of like Villanelle's character always playing these roles and she's playing them so well. And it's like, Eve, ooh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to, oh, yeah, uh, yes, I am. I am this. Like, <laughs> it's almost like professional versus amateur yeah. with the two of them. Yeah, it's, yeah. But it's good enough because she gets in with the old lady. And that made me think like, well, what is the 12s? agreement with this old lady and like she's for sure not supposed to be offering up any of this information even though i'm sure she didn't feel like she was saying much you know what i bet she doesn't have that much communication with them to be honest right, right? because she said she she's never met anyone from yeah. the organization she just has heard that this is her job sort of she gets paid some money she gets maybe sent for money something. in the mail she's just like sure okay whatever she just does her thing so as soon as she sees someone who comes looking for her because i'm sure no one interacts with this neighbor yes she's like yeah yeah yeah. finally someone's here yeah so eve goes in and they're going through the logs of stuff and she is getting basically the lowdown she talks about constantine coming who they say is her brother and what when she says he looks like an ors i think she's it's bear in french right or I, that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, is she trying to say horse? But she, and because I was like, because she doesn't say, Eve doesn't say horse. Yeah. Because I was like, the whole time I was like, he doesn't look like a horse. It sounds like horse, but I think what she's saying is, is the bear. French word for bear. And he does look like a bear, yeah, doesn't he? Now totally. It all, now I totally see it. Yeah. yeah. But the way she pronounces it, I was like, mm, to any English speaking audience, that's just going to sound like horse with a French accent. Well, yeah. Uh, and I, I really clocked that too this time too. I'm like, he doesn't look like a horse. <laughs> uh, so she basically gets all the information. She shows the picture of him. The woman confirms that's him. Eve's like, I fucking knew it. She's so pleased with herself. And she tells the woman, oh, we the organization wants to be more efficient. So just text me all this from now on. Mm-hmm. Don't like yeah. uh, write it down yeah. anymore. Which is so genius, but also so ballsy like you are now going to give your phone number to this woman when she eventually gets uh tracked down by the 12 they're gonna have your phone number they're gonna be able to track your cell phone like it's it seems very Mm short-sighted but in the moment kind of brilliant yeah yeah i was like is she just gonna hang out in paris like what's up (laughs) yeah because the old woman says i haven't seen the girl in a few days i don't know where and eve's just like let me know the second you see her eve's desperate like that's what it is yeah oh she is she's not supposed to be here she doesn't have a job anymore this is her truly going rogue more than we've seen before yeah which brings us to the next part where she goes into her her house yeah so she goes over to the apartment she's like oh it's locked and the old woman's like oh do you want a key Great. Got a key. Which is again, which is again, another false ending, which I just love. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Because again, could have ended there and be like, oh, we'll see what happens in season two. Nope. They're going to give us so much more. She goes in. He's sort of surveying Villanelle's home and Villanelle's life. Mm -hmm. And it's the most insight she's ever been able to get. And it's not until she sees the uh, green scarf of hers that she thinks to herself, at least I see it as like, well, I've been, you, you know about me. You've, you've fucked with me. Yeah. Like I've, my life has been ruined because of you. And then you, but you know (laughs) everything. And at first she kind of seems amused by 
Villanelle's extravagant of life. She sees the beautiful pink bathtub and she just says, are you kidding me? Yeah. She opens up the fridge full of champagne and is like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. And she course. pops one open. Yeah, I love it. Pops one open, drinks it messily from the bottle. It's spilling everywhere. It doesn't even look like she enjoys drinking it. She's just doing it. And you're right. When she finds, she sees the costumes and I think maybe her suitcase When she sees that the green scarf is hung up with Villanelle's real clothes. It's not with costumes. It's not in a thing anywhere. It's like with her nice designer clothes. Mm -hmm. She snaps. And she just gets enraged. Yeah. And okay, can we just take a moment to have a Sandra O appreciation? This, the acting in this scene where she loses it and she just starts trashing the apartment is so impressive because she is losing her mind. She's losing her mind because she literally has lost all her stuff. And the seeing the scarf is like, I've been played. You know, yeah. she knew that she was played because she got the suitcase mm-hmm. of stuff. But to know that it's in her, it's in her cupboard. It's like a game to Villanelle. And there's something like going on with Villanelle too, to have it there, to be wearing it, to be like, yeah. I, there's something about it that just, tweaks at her and i love that i love that oh it's so good she goes back to the fridge she just starts pulling out bottles of champagne and smashing them violently which is because remember like villanelle has killed her best friend her killed her best friend she is by all accounts not going to be staying with her husband she like she is she's been fucked over by this person Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because and so free yeah yeah she feel like when she in a way like it's so no i mean like what it like she felt so freeing for her to finally see the, all this stuff and smash it and just be like, I need to get you back almost. Totally. Like, have some semblance of control. And then is immediately frightened when she hears it. She's just like, oh, shit, reality. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, no. she's just like so, so confident. She hears the sound at the door and she's like, oh, shit. Hides in the corner, goes back to Villanelle's like uh, drawer of weapons, grabs a little knife, grabs a gun and sort of we don't say that it's a knife do we does she open it and close it before she doesn't but it's because it's in a drawer of weapons and it kind of has like a sword like handle i just assumed right yeah 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 but But you're right we don't see a a scene of her like flipping it open or no right i don't think she's going through costumes okay okay yeah and she she just shoves it in her pants because that's what i mean you almost forget about it like you know it's there and then you almost forget about it It, because she has the gun especially so she has uh points the gun at villanelle villanelle is just so amused by this she has one of the best lines yeah (laughs) did you have a party or something she's kind of like smirking as she asks and uh eve is done with it she's done with her shit she demands she sits down she's like i want to tell you something and this is where she verbalizes what we have been seeing in her build over the season and build over this episode she says i want to tell you something i've lost two jobs a husband and a best friend because of you yeah and Villanelle is still playing. And she says, yeah, but uh, at least you got some really nice clothes out of it. Yeah. Which is sort of just her being like, I don't care. I don't care about your life. Like, I'm going to flirt and tease you. Yeah. And she's not okay with that. And Eve goes on this intense monologue that I think about you all the time monologue because she's like I have to communicate this to you I don't there's no one else in Eve's life she could be truthful and vulnerable about this yeah and she tells her I think about you all the time think about what it's what you feel when you kill people I think about what you eat for breakfast like 
she's basically saying, I'm obsessed with you. Mm -hmm. And it goes beyond just being like, I want to lock you up and you're my criminal I'm looking for. She's like, no, I'm fully obsessed with you. Yeah. I'm never not thinking about because, you. Because, of course, you you know, recall Eve's, like, uh, past and what she used to study. And when she, you know, she talks about how she... Yeah, she's obs- she loves, she's like a murderino. She loves female killers and learning about them. And the and, psychology and everything. Yeah. She's obsessed on, like, a higher level. And then there was, I mean, something in one of the seasons where Nico starts to think that maybe, like, it comes out that she may, like... Her obsession is sort of like a strange obsession with this this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I remember, I don't remember what episode it is, but Nico sort of like makes reference to it and she's just like, oh no, like, it's not that weird. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. Well, even in the scene where she asked Nico how he would kill her and he's like, oh, I don't know. I'd never kill you. And she's like, this is how I do it. I'd like uh, cut you up in a million pieces and then like boil that down and then bring it in a flask to work and flush it down a yeah. restaurant. To, like she thinks about this stuff mm-hmm. a lot. So it, it's such a beautiful moment of vulnerability and uh Villanelle responds a little more genuinely, it seems. She's like, I think about you a lot, too. And then immediately is like, I masturbate to you a lot. I actually think that's an honest moment that she says. I don't think that that's like... I I mean, I I don't know, because she's such a fantastic actress as well, is that like when she says that, she hears what Eve is saying and thinks maybe that Eve is confessing love in a way. Totally. And... And that's where she's just like, I masturbate to you all the time. And she's just like, whoa. And she's like, oh, too much information. And And Eve says, no, not necessarily or something like that. Eve doesn't say, yes, that's too far. Or like, yeah. Eve's kind of like, oh, I just wasn't expecting it. And they're both, there's sort of a smile in both of their eyes. And it's just, it is this moment we've all been waiting for, the characters and the audience of them finally, after that dinner scene, this is the first time they've finally been back together and been able to, like, actually communicate. Of course. And there's so much sex between them, right? Oh. In the dinner scene, of course. And then in this one, there's just, like, that's what we're waiting for. Like, this obsession where, like, how does this translate? Totally. And, and is this sex? Yeah. You know? And is there, like, some bit of love? Because mm-hmm. we are seeing Villanelle treat Eve differently than she's treated anyone. Mm-hmm. The only time it's come close to this is, like, her eyes watering talking to Anna. But even that is, like, an old relationship she's kind of moved on yeah. from. So they just have this this really intense, tender moment. And then Eve falls back onto the bed and says, God, I'm tired, and leaves the gun. Her hands aren't on the gun. Mm -hmm. And Villanelle slowly goes over to the bed and lies down next to her. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Puts the gun down. Puts Yeah, puts the gun, has the gun in her hand. Eve says, asks if she's going to kill her. And she's like, no, I'm not. She puts the gun on the floor. And then they're just lying side by side on the bed, chatting yeah and this is the moment right where she finally comes on to her and it's also the moment where finally sandra o's character the character of eve is the actress yeah like you know she's been always being like uh trying to get it right always sort of the detective sort of like you know with all her false sort of things and no one bad identities yeah you know like i mentioned earlier and now she finally it's a surprise to us because we see her have 
say things and you know we we know she's not really uh she's not really meaning it or whatever so they're having this romantic sexy moment and the first time you watched this did you think they were gonna hook up um i thought something was gonna happen yeah i I mean it happens very quickly so quickly and but yeah I was on pins and needles watching it the first time. And and when it got this far, when they were like lying on the bed and Villanelle sort of turns on her side towards Eve and it's so intimate, I was like, are they going to? Like, is this happening? That seems wild. That seems like a crazy thing to happen in the first season. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, spoiler alerts if you have not watched this show. But guys, what are you doing? Uh, Don't listen to the podcast if you haven't watched the show. <laughs> Eve stabs Villanelle in the stomach. Yeah. And just violently jabs it deep in and Villanelle panics. Yeah. And we don't know how much of what she's saying or doing is genuine, how much is now uh, a ploy to survive. But she says, I really liked you to Eve. And she looks genuinely shocked and betrayed. Yeah, no, I actually believe that what she's saying is, I mean, I watch it and believe that what she was saying is just like, fuck, I do really? Too. I really liked you. I really didn't think you were going to do that She's to like, me. I thought we were going to run away together and like... Or whatever, you yeah. know? Like, I thought, who cares? I thought but this, I, this moment was would going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe that you betrayed me in that sense. And it's almost this moment of San- uh, Eve's character finally being like, oh my God, what have I done? Well, because right before it happens, Eve says, I've never done anything like this, which like... Phoebe Waller-Bridge snaps to you. What a great misdirect that's so appropriate for what she does, but also would have been for what we are led to believe is going to happen. Yeah. And then it's like, once she has, what she means is, I've never killed someone before. Once she stabs Villanelle, it's like for a moment, she's just got this adrenaline in her eyes. And then it's something shifts in Sandra O's face that's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah, because she's not a... a Psycho, like she's not yeah. a sociopath, she's and she's not, also not like a murderer. Like if she not. gets caught for this, she doesn't have a team that's going to get her out of it. Like she's going to go to jail for the rest of her life. And also, she's her lead. Like it's just it's another thing. It's like I feel like she, you know, lead or whatever. Yeah. Like, she wants to know the bigger picture. I do believe that that's what she wants. It started with an obsession with Villanelle, but now you're right. Like, she wants to know about the 12 and who's involved and is Carolyn dirty? Like, she has a lot more questions than she started with. Yes. So she stabs her. Uh, she panics. Villanelle's like, help. She, she Eve is like, pulls the knife out of her, even though Villanelle said not to. And she's holding her hands on the wound and then runs to the kitchen. And she's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Right back to the yeah. start. And Villanelle grabs a gun. She starts shooting at her. And they just have this moment of like, oh, here we are again. Mm-hmm. She leans out, finally, Eve does, of the kitchen to look out. And the old lady is there. She she doesn't see her anywhere. She's not on the bed. She's not anywhere. There's blood everywhere. And the old lady says, she has gone or something yeah. like that. Something Which just, is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. And you just see Eve's face and it like washes over her what this means. Yeah. Oh, well, her last line is where. Yeah. Which is just like, I always, I wondered about that line because I was just like, she's gone and you see her face fall and you think, oh, that's the moment. And then she says where. And I was like, (laughs) I I think about that word where because I'm just like, you guys, you know, we're going to watch the next season already. You don't have to say where, of course. (laughs) We know that Eve is forever going to be chasing her. But it's like Eve can't 
even help herself. Yeah. Yet again, she's just like, takes one second and then is like, what's the next step? Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends, that is season one of Killing Eve. Whew. What a time. Yes. Let's get into the segments. Okay. Top line. This episode has so many good lines. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at a certain point, I just stopped writing them down during There's this rewatch. Uh, I I credit a lot of that to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I love her writing. I think mm-hmm. she's so clever and so funny. Some of my favorites from this one were uh, when Villanelle is talking to Arena and they're kind of having this ethical discussion about good and bad. And then at one point, Villanelle says to her, Oh, God, you're one of those profound kids, <laughs> which is so funny, yeah. but also very true. My favorite line between those two is, um, uh, how do you, uh, is it hard to be bad? Not if you try hard enough. That's yeah. my favorite line. Ooh, so good. And then I also just, I love Villanelle's line to Eve where she says, did you have a party or something? Yeah. So good. And of course... God, I'm tired. God, I'm tired is like, is to me the line. This show, I don't know who is in charge of episode titles. I would love to know because they do such a beautiful job of picking out those lines of dialogue that are just like so emblematic of the entire episode and making those the title. Mm -hmm. And that's the case with this one. Yes. So, so meaningful after watching what Eve has been through. And the theme of the last act. God, I'm tired is like the... The line that every scene of the last act goes to, like, is reflective of. Absolutely. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Well, I just wanted to call attention to my favorite, like, one of my favorite scenes that we kind of mentioned, and just because we're doing the last, the finale, um, when uh, Eve and um, Villanelle are in Eve's home. And she says, can I ask you one more question? And the only reason I think about this one is because... When I hear about how Jodie Comer, Comer um, yeah. auditioned, that, that scene where they're sitting and she's eating shepherd's pie mm-hmm. is the scene that she auditioned with, the, one of the mo- bigger moments where she auditioned with it. And so I watched that scene over and over again to, to, to just out of curiosity and to see what she did there and what she must have done in the audition mm-hmm. and, and how it's so beautifully, how she performs it so incredibly. And my favorite line in that, just because we're doing the finale, is one more question is that shirt attached to that sweater or are they two different things? Oh, that line is so funny. And it's it's a very telling of her character and her character loves clothes and fashion and she's like making fun of Eve's shitty clothes. Yeah. It's also just a moment of her deflecting and not engaging with Eve about the serious <laughs> stuff and being like, I'm going to make this a joke. Yeah. Because this is a joke to me. Yeah. Yeah. That That is, I think. She's just pushing down her power every time. It's like a power struggle between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's brother. She always puts it into like, you know, sister, sister. Like she pu- she plays with the relationship and the power so much. Yeah. It's really fun to watch in the finale episode that power dynamic between them just flip flop back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. right up until the end. Until they're on the same page. Yeah. And it's sex until it's not. Okay. Until it's not. Okay. Okay. Uh, next segment, top ship. So, Racky. Obviously. Do you, you know, know what it means to ship characters? Of and I know 100% what my favorite top ship is. Okay. Obviously, it. it's Villanelle and the Kid. Villanelle and the Kid? Yes. Ugh. Okay. This is very interesting. 
they are amazing together. I let it be clear, I would watch an entire feature film of those two together, just like having hijinks across the European countryside. What's yours? It's even Philadelphia. Well, of course. I mean, it's the finale. That should be the answer. But <laughs> Well, it's funny because watching it through, and I thought mine would be even Villanelle a lot more in the show. And then as we've gone through episode by episode, often it's not the case because they're not always together mm-hmm. or their sort of like search for each other doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay, can we separate it into acts? First act <laughs> is Villanelle and the kid. Second act is Caroline and Kenny. Oh. <laughs> and third act is Villanelle. Yeah. <laughs> and Eve. But, okay. <laughs> but I agree that Villanelle and the kid is very strong because I wrote down, I wrote down, it is even Villanelle for me in this. The, that last scene makes it. But if it weren't for the last 10 minutes of this episode, of it would be the kid and Villanelle. Yeah. Irina, I love them. I'm obsessed with them. And I think that child actor is like so phenomenally good. It makes me furious. Mm -hmm. She's great. Oh, so good. Okay. Which brings us to top kill slash kill count. Two kills. Two kills, yes. Well, we don't know about the last one. Yeah. So we, we are led to believe that Constantine is dead. But as a fan of this show who goes on the internet a lot, it seems like they're shooting a lot of scenes with the actor Kim Badina for season two. So unless those are some sort of flashback situation, it seems like he's alive. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like Caroline's the one that gets that phone call. Oh, totally. And like we don't. And just as simply as Eve can lie about Nico calling. Who's calling her. Yeah. 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 And I, I do think that. And also if you see where she she was shot. The thing that was interesting is the where, um, this is the part that I find interesting, where Eve killed or like uh, stabs um, Villanelle is in the stomach and mm-hmm. where uh, Constantine is shot is also in the stomach. Mm. And I'm just like, not in the heart. It yeah. wasn't, I don't know. Yeah, Although, that's interesting. A lot of vitals in the stomach, so who knows. And then Anna's death is a suicide, mm. not a murder. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't, like, she dies, but it's not a hit. It's not a a kill really. yeah so i guess it's maybe maybe one yeah half uh which is interesting for the finale yeah villanelle doesn't get a killing spree she doesn't no. have a big because it's not about that at this point it's about the relationship between these two women exactly uh and i love that i love that they're not like okay well just i feel like if this was an american show on a more broad network they'd be like well we have to like, if this was on HBO or something, it'd be like, okay, well, let's have the the big kill scene right before whatever. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel the need to do that. And I love, love that about totally. this show. Uh, yeah. So, kills, not a huge part of it. No. I mean, the near kill of Villanelle being stabbed in the stomach by Eve is pretty good. Uh, for me, the top kill is definitely the moment with Constantine. Yeah. Because it's just so... Uh, shocking. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And it's been such a long time coming. The whole last episode, she's at his lake house and she's trying to kill him again and again. Like, she has been trying to make this happen. Yeah. All right. That brings us to Eve Mail. Cool. So we have a couple great Eve Mails today. Uh, The first one comes from Destiny Rays, who sent it in email. Destiny says, I absolutely love the podcast. Thank you for the in-depth Killing Eve discussion I've been waiting for. I have about a thousand questions, but let's just talk about the finale. 
I'm curious what you think of the relationship between Villanelle and Anna versus Villanelle and Eve. It's clear that Villanelle's obsession with older women and with luxurious hair comes from Anna, and that that's what sparks her initial interest in Eve. Villanelle is affected by seeing Anna again, but ultimately isn't too phased with her death, despite whatever real feeling she may have had for her. Do you think this will be the case with Eve? Will the fact that Eve actually tried to kill her while Anna couldn't make Villanelle respect Eve even more? Of course. I think it's a two, like a double-edged sword. I think it will make her respect Eve more, but I also think it makes her, uh, it will make her more guarded and more... Yeah, she's dissolved that relationship that was sort sort of set up that the whole that the whole season has come to right is to finally get them next to each other. Totally, and that relationship it's just she's stabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she'll underestimate Eve again. No. I think she'll really, really so be aware. She'll just be more more on guard, which just makes it more fun to watch to see that. Yeah, but but I also think like they it's, can trust each other less. Yeah, and it's really up to the writers in season two depending on what the next few things that happen with them are, can take the show in radically different directions. I think that Anna also was like, I feel like she knows that Eve is a more strong, like a, a strong presence. I think potentially with regards to Anna, um, I think that maybe Villanelle didn't have that same excitement now, well, at least now about that. Right. About her. Villanelle was also, from what we're led to believe, she was yeah. young and impressionable with Anna. And it seems like she genuinely fell in love with this woman. They were having an affair and she got rid of the woman's husband to be with this woman. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with her relationship, quote unquote, with Eve. Mm. Very different thing. She's older. She's more guarded. She's coming at it knowing that this is a law enforcement official who's trying to catch yeah. her. Like it it began very, very differently. Totally. But of course, yeah, you couldn't talk about either of those relationships without the parallels between them. Exactly. Uh all right. The next question is from Corneal. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it is, do you think they'll ever release a Killing Eve Funko Pop series? I hope you're familiar with those. If so, what kinds would you like to see? I like the pink dress version from Villanelle. So if any listeners don't know, Funko Pop uh, figurines are just those super cute little, I believe they're plastic, uh, figurines from TV and movies and pop culture, and they're very sort of like cartoony looking. They're so adorable. Uh, yes, I 100% think they'll make those if the fan base sort of clamors for them. I thought they already existed because I'd seen some stuff online, but they were just um, like fan made ones. So what would your... Oof. I, I agree. I think the pink dress is such a strong look. Okay, for me, it's when she kills Bill. That that she's wearing that suit. Yeah. And then there's also the one where she it's definitely the suit. I mean, she wears a lot of great clothes, really great clothes in that. But I would say it's her in that suit is beautiful. It's pretty iconic. And also, I guess the last episode in that fur thing we kind of talked about. Yeah, the fur coat would be very funny. It'd be very cute. It's so interesting to me to put camel on. I don't know why. I don't know what I would want Eve's to be. I, d- I can't think visually. 
maybe the dress Villanelle sends her, the like really sleek black mm. cocktail dress. How about the blue dress where she goes to, remember she wears that? She goes to oh, yeah, for the, the dress that she's like kind of, she's like, do I have to wear a bra with this? She takes off her bra. Yeah. For that's the good, fake date. The fake the, date. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's not bad. And I mean, I truly, I would want to see them of all of them. I want a Kenny. I want a Lena. I want Constantine for sure. In the hat. Yeah. I guess I want to start collecting uh, every kind of memorabilia for the show is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Our last question comes from Jesse Martinez. Uh, Jesse says, hi, I'm reaching out to you because ever since the first episode aired back in May, I have not, for the life of me, been able to find out what kind of jacket Villanelle was wearing when she went to kill Constantine at his home at the end of episode seven and majority of episode eight. Any sort of information you could offer would be greatly appreciated. So, Jesse... I could not find the actual jacket. I did a small amount of research. I decided to do this question anyway on the show because I figured there are some super fans who listen. Totally. And maybe they know. And, if and she's thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I brought it up too. Totally. If you know what that jacket is or a very similar one is, please send us an email or tweet at us or DM us. I want that jacket. We will get the word out there. Uh, all I could find was uh, this interview with the costume designer, Phoebe DeGay, and... Uh, the interviewer had said uh, "There's the jacket seems a lot, little out of character for Villanelle and for good reason because it's after she escapes from prison and it's like a weird strange fuzzy coat that the handler gave her so Phoebe said yes that's sort of High Street which is a London reference yeah. it was cheap 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 because by then she's on an outpost it's a slightly grim thing those furry things that go all stringy yeah. what you were saying it's also in a very very beigey, washed out color, she said. She's given those clothes by the new handler. The people who give her the clothes know she likes clothes, so she might like something a bit funky, but it's terrible. And she should look quite sad in it, but she she still wears it with her usual aplomb and everything. Yeah. It's true. It's not... And she does. And and I don't know if anyone notices, like, the the sweater that she's wearing underneath has, like, this metallicness to it, and I'm just like, what? That... Who... She would never... You know she's wearing cashmere. She would never wear... Yeah. What is that? Synthetic? (laughs) It's, like, synthetic with, like... I'm not not to bash it, but you it looks like it, it you know, it's like stuff that goes on sale at H and M around Christmas time. Yeah, and we have seen her wearing designer clothes. We saw her in that suit that she killed Oof. Bill with. Ugh. Right? Yeah. She's fashion, it's not. Uh, but yes, I'd love to know uh, what the jacket actually is or where it's from. I would not be surprised if it was from like an H and M. I bet place. it is, or like Zara on sale. Yeah. Uh, if you know, let us know. You can send in your emails to spillingeve at gmail dot com or send us a DM at spillingeve on Twitter and Instagram. Even though season one of this show and this podcast is coming to a close, we are. Definitely going to do some mini-sodes in between the seasons, especially if it's going to be a while before season two, because I can't help myself. Of course, and if any information is released, we need to report on it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you have ideas for what you would like those mini-sodes to be, I know everyone wants a fashion one. I just have to get a good costume designer on here who can really speak to the fashion because yeah. uh, I can't. Uh, but if there are other topics you want to do, if you want to do just a listener question one and we go through a bunch of them, if you want a greatest hits and we bring back a few of the different guests and we just have sort of a roundtable, let me know what you're interested in. And that brings us to the last part of the show which is of course confirm the kill aka plugs 
Ms. Raki Marzaria, oh. where can people find you? Oh, uh, and watch your beautiful, beautiful work. Um, you can uh, just keep up to up up with keeping up with Raki. <laughs> I don't know. You could just visit my website. There's um the note to self. Uh, CBC comedy um, web series that I did is on there. Which is so, so funny and was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. Mm-hmm. No braggies. Uh, and I guess you could follow me on Twitter, Racky Cola, and Instagram, the same name, Racky Cola. <laughs> Keeping it consistent with the brand. Yeah, and I like Cherry Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so just send us a bunch of Cherry Cola. We'll get it to Racky. It'll be great. Uh, you can follow the show at Spilling Eve on Twitter and Instagram, like I just said. Said, send us your emails if you have not done this yet one more request to rate and review the show on itunes apparently it makes a big difference and helps us get seen by more people uh why not do it what else do because you everyone needs to be watching killing eve i'm sorry at the end of the day everyone needs to be watching this show there's two strong female characters on there one of them is kicking ass and like who doesn't want to see that it's funny sandra O. Oh, who was robbed of an Emmy. <laughs> so robbed. She, who is an Emmy herself, okay? <laughs> she is just uh, such a blessing to the world. And I will just say this when I watch the show, just because I think people should rate it and should watch it, is because when I watch this show, as an actress, I know people just watch it for whatever reasons, but as an actress, it spoke to me in so many ways because, like I mentioned, Sandra O oh was so incredibly herself. She just brought herself to the part. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, they don't mention that she's Asian. They don't make a big deal about it, even though on the Emmys they did. First Asian actress, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you're going to make a big deal about it, just give her the damn Emmy, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Or else <laughs> you look like even more of assholes. Exactly. Yeah. Just stop it. And she just inspired me because I thought, you know what? But now I'm just going to go ahead and keep... I mean, you have these flashes of vulnerability where you think you should be doing something or doing something in this way or that way to be doing it right. And when you see her doing her stuff and, like, Jodie Comer, like, just being so... bringing so much of herself to these characters, you're like, yeah, it's inspiring. It's empowering. Everyone, watch the show. Rate this goddamn podcast. (laughs) Yes! That will be a sound clip for sure. Uh, yeah, this show has meant so much to so many people and we're so, so grateful that it exists. And I'm so grateful I've been able to do this podcast and talk with intelligent people I love and respect about it because I don't think it's gotten enough attention yet. I do think it will start to blow up a little bit more and more as it gets globally released and it's just being released in England now. Um, but I... I Tell your friends about the show. If your friends get obsessed with the show, tell them about this podcast. That's the last <laughs> shameless plugging I'll do. Uh, you can keep up with me on the hiatus on Twitter at Christy Lapointe, also on Instagram. Less funny there. And that's it. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Vandenberg, who's produced the whole season, and our network, the Sonar Network, for all of their support, and especially to Killing Eve, the show, and BBC America for being supportive of this podcast and sending us some swag, which was very exciting. And that's it. We'll be back with some minisodes, and then, baby, you better believe we'll be back season two. Remember, do not kill anyone this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar